Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. Lord, we thank you uh, for our veterans. We thank you for their sacrifice. Lord, we thank you for this day that we are gathered together in your name to hear your truth. And Lord, I pray that we would submit ourselves to your word, that we would not sit over it and above it and judge your word, but that we may allow your word to judge us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. So in front of you, you'll find a Bible. Uh, Please turn to pages 995, page 995 in the Bibles in front of you. Should be nestled nestled under the chair there. Um, 995. So we're going to be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. I'll give you a second to find that. So it's an amazing privilege this morning to speak um, about Veterans Day, to talk about the wonderful um, character of our soldiers, what they have done for our nation. Um, And I just think that it's an amazing thing to look at their lives. And Paul makes a connection between being a good soldier of Jesus Christ um, for Timothy. It's interesting that um, in the first century, it would have been common for young men to be conscripted. So they would have been basically drafted into the Roman army. So it is possible that Timothy served in the Roman army, but he certainly had friends who had, and he certainly knew what military service in the Roman Empire looked like. And so this is a really good imagery for Timothy, and it's good for us today as we look at the life of soldiers and um, what they represent to us and our life as Christians. So let us uh, read the first verse, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Paul writes, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So let's just stop there. A very short, um, not even a full, real sentence, because there's a comma there that kind of continues on. But we have a full idea of what, what Paul is communicating here. Where do we find our strength as Christians? And I think it's easy for us um, in, in our world to look at our physique, right? We say, oh, oh, I'm strong. I'm physically strong. You know, I like to work out. I like to uh, um, work on becoming physically stronger, right? But is that where we find our true strength? Is it an exterior thing? I mean, for soldiers, it certainly could be, right? But I'll tell you one thing. When I was at basic training, we had some football players, some jocks that came to basic training. They couldn't hack it. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter how strong they were. Um, when they started getting screamed at by drill sergeants and started, you know, crawling under live ammunition being shot over their heads, you know, it, it got a little rough for them. <laughs> so it didn't really matter how strong they were on the outside. It's also easy, you know, I'm a captain now, so I can kind of point at my rank and say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an officer. I can take confidence in that. You know, that can be my source of strength. But I can't do that either. I could look at, at my collar on my neck and say, oh, I'm a priest now, so I can take strength in that, right? But that's not where I find my strength either. It's not being a priest. It's not being a captain in the army. It's, it's not, you know, physical strength. My, my strength comes from this verse. What does Paul say? Be strengthened by what? The grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, and Paul writes, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many... Witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. 
In the army, we have a great uh, principle for leadership. It's, it's a way that we kind of measure leadership for uh, our soldiers and our, our NCOs especially and our officers. And it's the idea of stewards the profession. Does he or she, do they steward the profession of the military? Um, specifically of being an army soldier. What, what does that look like? Um, so for the army, that looks like me spending time with my soldiers. I call them on the phone. I see how they're doing. I teach them the military um, regulations, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. How do we do um, army stuff, right? Um, for me as a chaplain, I don't shoot anymore, but I remember how to shoot from when I was enlisted. Uh, so helping them learn how to use their weapons, learning how to be engaged in combat, right? So there's a lot of things that you pass on to the next soldiers so that we have a strong military, continue to have a strong nation. The same principle holds true for the church. When we receive the gospel, when we receive the faith once delivered to the saints, as Jude would, would call it, right? This thing, this deposit, this good deposit, as Second Timothy talks about, which is the gospel. What is the gospel? Is the, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That if we believe in that, we can be saved. We can, we can come to a knowledge of the truth, right? And so, we take this thing and we pass it on. And I think the army, we spend way too little time focusing on stewards of profession. We don't, we don't spend enough time developing our soldiers. Often we don't call soldiers. We don't spend time with them. We don't see what their personal life is like. We don't check in on how their um, kids are doing. We don't check on their wife. We don't see how their work is going, especially in the reserves. We, we juggle a lot of things, right? We have army stuff. We have um, our civilian uh, professions as well. And sometimes I don't think we spend enough time in the military really passing on uh, our, our profession as military soldiers. Sometimes we forget to do that. We, ne we neglect that. We get very caught up in our own careers, our own progression in the military, or our own um, lives, right? And so it can be really easy for us to forget to do that. And the church, is, we have the same issue. Sometimes we relegate uh, church to Sunday. And it's easy for us to say, Oh, well, I gave my friend a pat on the back on Sunday. I gave him a hug. With COVID, that's a little more challenging, but um, we, we might give him a hug on Sundays. We might say hi to them Sundays. But I can assure you of this. If all you're doing is saying hi to people on Sundays, you are not going to faithfully pass on the faith once delivered to the saints. It's not going to happen. What needs to happen in order to develop others, to, to help them to become the Christians that they need to be, is you need to have a real relationship with them. You have to be able to pass on this faith to them, what it looks like to walk as a Christian. You do that with your kids, I hope. I mean, that's a big part of being a parent, right? We pass on our faith to our kids. But you have spiritual children out there that are just waiting to be found, waiting to be adopted. And, and my, my prayer is that you would not relegate your Christian duties to Sunday morning worship, but that your entire week would be completely filled with loving other people. When you're not busy with your careers, when you're not busy with your family, calling people up. Um, Aaron and I were listening to the Smart Conference with Dave Ramsey this weekend, and uh, Aaron loves Dave Ramsey. I really enjoy Dave Ramsey too, not as much as she does, but... <laughs> Uh, so we were listening to the Smart Conference, and one of the guys, he had such a great message, and his message was this. In our world today, uh, Facebook, it's really easy to have 300 friends, 400 friends. I think I probably have somewhere around 3,000-something friends on Facebook. 
A lot of them are priests I've never met on, in different continents and different countries, which is really cool in a lot of ways, right? I get to have some dynamic conversations about unique things. Um, but at the same time, it's a weird place in history where we can have 3,000 so-called friends on Facebook, but you can't call somebody to change your tire. You can be so alone. And one of the things I really liked, uh, it wasn't, I don't know if it was, yeah, it was the same guy. He brought up the idea that in our world today, anxiety's not the problem. We may take medication for our anxiety to treat anxiety, but anxiety is not the problem. His, his main thing that he focused on was loneliness. We live in a lonely society. People are hungry for relationship, and they might not even know it, but they're hungry. They're starving. And if we can be the church and give them real friendship, we can give them real love. It's so easy in, in the world today to use love and friendship, like I confirmed your friendship on Facebook. Um, we can use that so cheaply, but the gospel doesn't allow for that. When Jesus calls his disciples friends, that's a big deal. When Jesus says, I love you, love one another as I have loved you, that's a big deal. So let, let us not use these words cheaply. Let us become friends to people who need friends, to the outcast, to the hurting, to be their friend, to be the person that will change the tire, right? Um, to have a real friendship, be intentional, not just, hey, um, you know, just call me if you ever need me. Uh, no, that's, not, that's not friendship. You call them. You reach out. You build an intentional friendship where they know that you love and care about them. So the first point on this little sermon outline I gave you, um, that hopefully you got, if you didn't get one, you can watch, uh, look to your neighbor, to your left or your right. Um, they may have this with them. Um, the first point is, good soldiers of Jesus Christ, please their Lord and pass on what has been entrusted to them. That's verses 1 through 7. And so let's move on to the second point. The second point is this. Suffering is rooted in Jesus Christ and the salvation of the elect. Verses 8 through 10. Verses 8 through 10. So let me read those for us. Remember Christ, or remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. So we rejoice that we are counted worthy to suffer for Christ. In Acts 4.41, we get this uh, story where the apostles, right, they are fully assured, they are very excited about the resurrection, right? So they know that Jesus is Lord, and they go out in full confidence and assurance that Jesus is Lord. And they go out and they start preaching about this, hope that they have, and they are captured by the Jewish people. They are basically flogged and, and punished for uh, preaching this gospel. But what is their response to this flogging and this mistreatment, this abuse, right? How do, how do they respond? They don't respond with simply saying, oh, that was so wrong of them. We're just trying to love people. We're just trying to tell them the good news. What we have to say to them is good. Why would they do that to us? That's so wrong, right? They don't whine. I love um, in the army, there's a, there was a chaplain. He had a sign that said, um, Jesus turned water into wine, but he can't turn your whining into anything. And I really like that. I really like that. Um, so if, if you ever want to come into my office and grieve, right, or cry, perfectly fine. I'll be there for you. I'll be a shoulder to cry on. Um, but whining doesn't help us. 
You know, so it's important for us to go out when we are abused, when we are flogged, when we are chained, when we are treated as criminals. It's important, us to go out, important for us to go out in courage and in strength, saying, I rejoice that I was counted worthy to suffer with Christ. I was counted worthy to suffer with Christ. Jesus is our good example of this. He's our best example of this. When he goes to the cross, how does he go to the cross? Does he go to the cross whining and whimpering? Does he go to the cross complaining, Oh God, why did you have to make me the sacrifice? What? Does he do that? No. When Jesus goes to the cross, he goes as a, as a sheep to the slaughter. He is silent. He doesn't say a word. He goes there with boldness and with confidence to suffer and die for the sins of the world. Jesus is the reason for our suffering and our strength. He's our source of strength. And the world may count us as criminals and chain us, but they cannot chain the gospel. That's verse 8. The gospel, the word of God, cannot be chained. And I love this idea, right? So you throw me in jail. You throw all of our clergy in jail. You guys get thrown in jail, right? They chain our doors. They may be able to chain us, but you cannot hold back the word of God. And why is that? Because the word of God, the gospel, is, its source is in who? God. It's in Jesus Christ. The source of the gospel, the source of the word of God is God himself. And you can attack his church. You can attack us individually. You can chain us. You can treat us as criminals. But you cannot chain the Word of God. You see this all over the world today. Whenever the church is persecuted, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. The church continues to grow, right? So you cannot, you cannot chain the Word of God. It will go out. Point three, our lives are completely entangled in Jesus Christ. Our lives are completely entangled in Jesus Christ. This is verses 11 through 13. So let me read those for you. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we also reign with him. If we deny him, he, will, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. I really like this little poetic, if you, if you have your ESV, you'll see the English Standard Version. They, 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 um, they put it off into its own little paragraph. It's really cool to see in the early church, they actually had these hymns, they had these early creeds, they had these early confessions, right? And I would not be surprised to see Paul singing this, to be singing this out to, to his congregation. Or, or even as he's writing it, he's kind of humming it in his head. You know, that's one of the wonderful things about the church is we have preserved, our tradition has preserved these teachings about Christ and about what his life and his death means for us as Christians, what that means for us today. And one of the cool things as an Anglican I love is this, this hymn tradition that we have. As, as Anglicans, we can always go back to these beautiful hymns that preserve our theology and our truth. And so one of the things, you know, I'm a young guy and I like some of the contemporary stuff you hear on the radio but I like the hymns too. I like that theology, that old religion, right? And it's great. So anyways, one of the cool things that Paul is doing here is he's showing them this, this early kind of creed. And so let's go through that together. 
Paul writes, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. There's this great dichotomy in the Christian life of if, if you want to live, you have to die first. And it's interesting to think about when you were baptized, you know, either as an adult or as a child, when you were baptized, did you realize that you were signing away your life? Did you realize that when you were baptized, you became a martyr for the church? One of the cool things as a soldier, this cool connection that I make, when I signed that line, I made a promise that I would die for this country if I had to. When you got baptized, you made a promise that you would die for the Lord if you had to. And that's what, that's what it means to be a suffering soldier of Christ, is you have signed away your life to follow your Savior, your Lord, into whatever life has for you. Verse 12, if we endure, we will also reign with him. So this idea of enduring with Christ, we endure with him. I, I love um, the white robes that our choir wears at the 830 service, and I love the fact that these, these white robes, um, they symbolize our martyrs. And one of the readings I actually subst- I substituted the Revelation reading, I believe, was today with, um, oh no, that's Thessalonians. But there was a, a Revelation reading within the last couple of weeks and uh, it talked about the army of the, of the saints. I think it may have been last week. Was it last week? Yes. Okay. So, so Revelation has this army depicted where they are marching in procession, and they have these white robes on, and they have been cleansed in the blood of the Lamb. And it's cool to think that, you know, in the Anglican church, we wear these white robes. But in reality, you all have white robes too. You may not wear them every Sunday. They may not be hanging up in your closet. But I can assure you, if you have been cleansed with the blood of the Lamb, you are his martyr soldier. You are part of his army that is marching in procession. And you're not only clad with this white robe, but you're also clad in armor. Ephesians 6 talks about having this spiritual armor, this armor of God, right? You are clad in armor. You are clad in these robes. And you are going to battle with Christ, for Christ. One of the interesting things in the next verse, it says, if we deny him, he also will deny us. If we deny him, he will also deny us. As a soldier, if I were to take some information that I had gained, right, some information about a location of some soldiers or what was going on with the mission or any, inf- any information like that, right, or some really critical information to our national security, and I were to take that and I were to sell it to Russia or China or some other country, um, I would be considered a traitor. I would be guilty of treason. Um, and according to the, the government, if I were to do such a thing, I could be killed. I could be jailed and I could be executed for my treason. Treason is the highest, it's the worst thing you can do as an American citizen. If you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and you deny Christ, it is the worst thing you can do to Christ. You know, when you're a soldier and you, and you uh, betray your fellow, uh, you know, your battle buddies, your fellow soldiers out on the, battle for, on the battlefield, you are, like, counted as dead to them, right? You have betrayed them. You've left a flank open or whatever, or, or you have, um, you know, given the enemy information or whatever. You have essentially abandoned your soldiers, your, your, your guys to your li- right and your left. You've abandoned them to die. And so for us as Christians— 
we need to stand firm. We need to have that strong army. And, and we cannot deny Christ. And we will be counted as dead to Christ. For I, Jesus says, for I never knew you. Like, those are some strong words. You did all these things in my name, but I never knew you. And so it's important for us as Christians to remember that we have this obligation to Christ. When we were baptized, we took on this obligation. When we baptized our kids, when I baptized Silas and Aiden, I was signing them up for a life of combat. And maybe that sounds wrong, right? That's like, why would you do that to your children? But how much more fulfilling a life than to serve the God who created you, the God of the universe, the God who wants an abundant life for everyone, the God who has a design for everything it is a wonderful privilege to serve him. And even though it might cost my children their very lives, it is a wonderful privilege to baptize them into God's church. And so, before I leave it all doom and gloom for this uh, denying Christ, if we are faithless, verse 13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And for this, I just look to Peter. You know, Peter spent three years. He was the right-hand man of Jesus um, when he's the first one to really confess Jesus as the, the Lord, the Messiah. Um, he, Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. And people debate whether that's G, uh, Peter himself as the apostle or whether that's Peter's faith, right? But at the end of the day, what's important is Peter was very important to Jesus, and then when Jesus is on his way to the cross, he's hanging there the most, you know, the most vulnerable he has ever been. He's, he's naked. He, the only thing he has on is this, you know, thin little, um, you know, undergarment that he's wearing. And he is completely vulnerable. And he's hanging there. His side's been pierced. He's all ripped up and beat up from all the, all the flogging that he received. And he's hanging there and people start coming to Peter and asking him, are, are you one of his disciples? Jesus says, no, or no, sorry, Peter says, no, no, I'm not Jesus' disciple. When Jesus needed Peter the most, when Jesus needed his disciples the most, they abandoned him. They denied him. They left him to die on the cross alone, except for maybe the apostle John. I like the apostle John. He kind of stuck it out, right? But um, at the end of the day, his, his disciples abandoned him. Um, stri strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter, right? And so this idea where or he's hanging on the cross, he's denying, he's denying, and then Jesus dies. And then Peter goes off fishing. What does he do? He returns to the life that he had before Jesus. He goes fishing. And Jesus finds him and he says, Peter, do you love me more than these? And I think he's probably pointing to the fish, right? He's like, you love, do you love me more than your profession, your, your fishing? Like, I called you to be one of my apostles. And, and Peter says, Lord, you, you know that I love you. You know that I love you. And Jesus reinstates him as his apostle. He brings him back into the office of apostle to, to be the head, or at least one of the heads, right, of the church. <laughs> and so it's important for us to recognize that Peter— was brought back, right? So even if we are faithless, even if we deny Christ, we can always return to our Lord. We, he will never not forgive us. He will never um, give up on us. He will always forgive us if we return to him. No sin is too far. We, none of us are too far gone. To, to deny Christ on the cross is a big deal. And even that 
Peter was brought back, you know, and reinstated to his office as an apostle. And I love this too. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Right? We are his church. We are his body. He will remain faithful to, the, to us. And it doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter what happens to the church. He will remain faithful. They can chain our doors. They can chain us, but they cannot chain the word of God. So to conclude, the bottom line, and, and you have this on here as well, the bottom line is good soldiers of Jesus Christ endure suffering for the sake of Jesus Christ and his church so, just like the imperial, Roman imperial soldiers went to suffer, went to die, they marched for miles and miles in heavy uniforms and heavy equipment, and, and they went through all this suffering. And our soldiers today do a similar thing. You know, we, we put on our battle rattle. We got our helmet and all of our gear and our armor and our weapons, and we got all that stuff, right? And we march along, and we suffer. We get, we get all beat up with our training, and we get all beat up in combat, and we sustain trauma, and we come back home, and we have to restart life. And there's a lot that soldiers have to do, and I, I'm so thankful for the veterans. Just, we can look to that example of that life as Christians today and see that we have a wonderful example of what it means to suffer for Christ and suffer well, not whining, not complaining, but remembering that we have a good and faithful Lord who will remain faithful to us until the end. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your church. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your example to us in the centurions, um, in the gospel, and thank you for your example to us of, of soldiers today and their faithfulness and their willingness to suffer for our nation. May we be no less willing to suffer for you, Lord. Maybe we, may we be willing to suffer as a good soldier, not getting entangled with all the things of the world, but being solely sold out for you and your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.